So, uh, Mayor Tarter, tonight is uh, budget presentation night, and uh, as our city clerk has laid it out on the agenda, we have the school board uh, going first to present the budget, and then I will follow uh, behind that, if that's the pleasure of council, uh, in that order. And so, let me, uh, if I may, turn it over. Of course. To, uh, turn it over to uh, uh, Superintendent Noonan and Chair of the School Board, uh, Ms. Laura Downs, and they will. I'll provide a briefing to the City Council on the school board budget request. All right, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. This is my assistant, Dr. Peter Noonan. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> thank you all uh, for having us this evening. On behalf of the school board, the superintendent, and his staff, I want to thank you again for having us this evening. The school board has worked hard on this uh, budget. But I know that it's only a small component of your much larger budget. And we understand you have a lot to consider as you address the needs of the city and its residents. And we just thank you for your support and your partnership. We're going to get started. I know that um, in advance we sent you these slides. So I'm going to briefly skim over them um, for, so that any public members that are watching, they will be able to see the slides. But I know that you all have seen them in advance, so I won't go too in depth. Okay, and some of you may remember our placemat from a couple years ago. This is our updated placemat, and as you'll see, the center is our students, always our students. And you'll see our, in terms of our mission, our three pillars, IB for all, equity, closing, which is our closing our gaps, and then our caring, promoting a caring culture. Uh, so IB for all, um, when we talk about that, that's um, even though when students are not taking um, on the IB diploma track, all of our students take IB courses, so we really are IB for all. And it's very timely because we just had IB here last week um, giving, uh, assessing our program, and we passed with flying colors. And uh, right now they're here this week assessing the um, elementary school's IB program. And uh, so that's an exciting time for us. Uh, we are in the middle of a strategic planning um, initiative that kicked off in August, and right now we're, at, we're towards the end at the design and launch phase. Uh, what's really impressive about this is we had over 1,000 individuals participate in the feedback gathering component um, through focus groups and town halls and surveys. And what came of that is, uh, oops, sorry, there we go. Uh, what came of that is we came up with some core values, um, focus, focusing on academic success, being student-centered, inclusion and belonging, responsive and accountable, and community and connection. And from there, we developed focus areas. And so the first is IB-infused teaching and learning. And, and as I said before, we are right now going through a self-study process with IB. Um, inclusion, belonging, and wellness. And this is something that um, our uh, participants said that this was very important to them, that we, we included inclusion, belonging, and wellness. Resource management, continuous improvement, communication and engagement, and investing in our people. And here we are, our beautiful high school. This is the hype tunnel. My son is actually on there. He's towards the back. He's a big guy, not so fast, so he's towards the back. This is our hype tunnel, though, and we um, want to thank the city council. Whoops. Sorry, went ahead. Um, we want to thank the city council for your partnership on this. We, uh, not only was this 
you know, one of the things that I think got sort of overshadowed during COVID was that this beautiful building was delivered on time and actually under budget by our superintendent, especially impressive during COVID. And in fact, we came in $100,000 under budget and that money will be returned to the general government. And so looking at our FY22 approved revenue, revenue and expenditures, sort of as we've seen over the years, um, the same numbers we are um, in terms of our expenditures, um, I'm sorry, our revenue, we see 81.5% coming from our local revenue from our city. And looking at our expenditures, we see 86% of our uh, expenditures coming in, uh, going towards salaries and benefits. And here we have a chart on enrollment. And if uh, to just go over this, and I know you've all seen these numbers, so I won't go too, too in depth, but um, our enrollment as of September 2021, which is what our um, state aid is based on, was 2,500 uh, and two, which is down about 14 from the previous year. Um, but that's still, we haven't returned to our pre-COVID numbers. Um, so we're still about 160 students off. We actually, this number might be a little bit higher because um, you may know that we've welcomed, uh, it might be more, but I know it's at least 12 families from Ukraine over the past couple of weeks. So that number actually might be a little bit higher. Actually above at this point last year's. So we're above the, uh, this, yep. So that, that's just from September and that was the numbers we sent to the state. So we are above. And here's a, uh, just giving you an idea of what, what we're seeing around the region. Um, it's most of Northern Virginia has seen drops over the past two years. And um, you'll see that ours has um, more recently has uh, started to um, become more flat and not quite as pronounced there. What's interesting about this slide is even though our enrollment has um, been sort of flat and, and declined a little bit since COVID, you'll see that under students with disabilities, we've actually had an increase in the proportion of those students. So that's something that we still need to really keep in mind. Um, what is nice, what, what's helpful about that is that when we had a reduction in students, we did not reduce the number of our special education staff. So we feel confident that we'll still be able to serve those students. Okay, and then um, factors in impacting um, FY23 projections. Uh, looking at the um, the Weldon Cooper, that's the company or the uh, firm we use to project uh, our population or, or where our student population will be, and um, they're, what they what we're seeing is that over, since 2016 there was a decline in the number of um, families moving into the city, and that's really was causing some of our some of our enrollment to decline even before the pandemic. Over the next decade, we, we anticipate that there'll be a decline in births, and then that might even out towards the end of the decade, we might see the, the births start to increase again in the city. Okay, and th these are looking at our projections. Uh, Dr. Noonan and Ms. Michael came to the school board to talk about when we look at projections to try to figure out budgeting and the board did feel that we should go to use our short-term projections, which are the most conservative of the three. We thought that would be the best um, given just sort of the, what's been happening the, over the past couple years. So we are going more conservative on our projections. Uh, and this is to note, this does not include Jesse Thackeray. So the numbers might, if, if you see the numbers are a little off, that's why that is. Okay, and just to, again, to reemphasize that we are very grateful for the collaborative partnership we have for you all, with you all, uh, for the past three years, we've our budget has fallen within budget guidance, 
And we know that you know, the partnership between the school board, the city council, um, the administrative side of the school system, and our general government is really vital to the city's success. Now, it, for those who are watching, um, you may not know that the school board and the city council met in December to go over city council guidance. And at that time, uh, we, there was, we understood that there would be an a, a increased assessed value of real estate in which, of course, we know from over the past week that that has indeed come true. Uh, so what we talked about was really that we wanted to see a tax rate reduction between zero and four cents um, to give some relief to homeowners. And that, was also, that would also take into account the elimination of the groceries tax. Also that at that meeting, we all decided as a school board and a city council that recruitment and retention of our employees was very valuable and that we needed to stay competitive. Okay, and then also during the December 6th meeting, we talked about organic growth revenue and that was forecasted to be 8.4%. And if the governor was to eliminate the grocery tax, it would be down to 6.3%. Talked about the revenue uh, sharing methodology and that any revenue coming in above guidance would be shared 50-50. And again, the funding requested by our school system of 6.3 does fall within that organic growth revenue uh, guidance range. And we'll go through this real quickly. State revenue um, will account for 15.4% of the, of, the uh, of the school board budget. State aid's coming in at 527,000. Sales tax, 422,000. I have it on there. Am I off here? Yep, okay. Other revenue, um, federal revenue comes in at 19,000. We're still having a beginning balance of 450,000. Um, our other revenue, which comes from tuition, from out of city uh, students, fees, stop arm camera fines, um, facility rentals, that sort of thing comes in at 841,000. Thank you. Dr. Noonan just informed me that is a decrease in federal revenue. That's right. Thank you, Dr. Noonan. Um, in terms of, let's see, there we go. Um, our advertised budget revenue, uh, again, we thank the, the local um, community, 81.1% of our budget comes from the localities. When we combine that with the aid received from the state, that's 96.5% of our budget. And we'll talk about compensation a little bit here. Sorry, I'm not a very good... Okay, there we go. Seven so point. I'm not very skilled at this pointer thing. Okay, so uh, in terms of employee compensation, well, this we're going to look at expenditures overall. So employee compensation, we're looking at uh, 2.7 million dollars. And and again, as we all know, our just as the city council and the general government, your employees are important. Our employees are important. They're really our highest priority. Uh, working conditions, uh, positive employee working conditions, really. Um, deliver a positive student learning environment. And just looking again at after COVID, um, increasing our focus on social and emotional well-being and academic supports. In terms of employee compensation, uh, we are going to give our employees, we're one step. And for those employees who uh, worked for us in uh, fiscal year 2021, they did miss a step that year. So we are gonna do a recovery step. And those two steps combined are gonna be equivalent to $1.6 million. 
We're also going to be giving a 2.25 cost of living increase, which will total $890,677. So that um, is really one of the things that you all know. We already had a teacher shortage before COVID. Uh, teachers across the country are leaving in droves. So this is something that we really need to um, make a priority. And um, as we are learning that Arlington County, which is one of the school systems we compete most with for teachers, they're doing a salary study right now, and they are um, looking at doing four missteps. Um, and so we really anticipate that their, uh, their salaries will really skyrocket. So we need to really keep, um, do, our, do the best we can to uh, remain competitive. That's an average of 11%. That's an average of 11%, Dr. Newton informs me. And that's right, that's in Arlington. Okay, employee compensation. Uh, a couple other highlights with employee compensation. Uh, we are increasing the National Board Certified Teacher stipend from $1,000 to $3,000. And that's really an effort to um, recruit and retain our nationally board certified teachers. Our health insurance rates have increased, so we'll be contributing 7% more of that. Um, Virginia retirement system remains unchanged. Okay, I'm just gonna highlight, um, I know you all have seen this list, so I'm not gonna go through every one, but I'll just highlight a couple for you. Uh, the first one, the CTE, um, that's our career and technical education, uh, teacher and high school program coordinator. This is um, something that we are, um, we had several teachers from Mary Ellen Henderson and Meridian come together and they're creating a sustainability academy. And so this is lines up very well with us, our ultimate goal of continuing with our IB, um, program, which would include um, a career and technical piece to it. And so um, these teachers have been re really working around the clock on the side to try to create this sustainability academy and do all these things. And, and it's, it's grown and the school board is very supportive because the school board feels career and technical education is something we can really um, do, we could do better on. And so this is gonna be something that will be supporting those teachers and helping really uh, our sustainability academy get off the ground. The, you'll see the neck at towards the bottom of this slide. You'll see about math instructional support. One of the things we um, found was after COVID, uh, there were dips in scores from online learning, but they were more significant in math. And so what um, the, these would be, we assume we have part-time math instructional support uh, positions, but we will be re increasing those to full-time so that there's more math support for our students as they continue to catch up after distance learning. Uh, one of the things that we, you know, when Dr. Noonan and his staff create the budget, they go and they'll talk to the staff. And one of the things that the staff really talked about was the need to have, uh, have more support for substitute teachers. That's been really, Dr. Noonan was just in at uh, Oak Street Elementary last week subbing. Uh, so we are really hurting for substitutes. And so one of the things that the teachers told us would help them is to have permanent substitutes at each school. So this will give us, each school will have one permanent substitute which will float around, and we think that will give them a lot more support. And uh, another, another piece of this working conditions is playground supervision. These are all things that we hope will support our teachers uh, in, the, in the work environment, and so providing more support at recess so that teachers have a little bit of a break and some planning time during the day. Okay, and then uh, wrapping this portion up, uh, two new positions we are going to um, bring on, and this is really in direct response to COVID again, is, is a school nurse and also a school psychologist. So these are things that we see 
um, we need um, and social emotional mental health well-being is something that we're continuing to work on and help support our students and then just having that nurse um, for everything you know that's that's percolating with with COVID so that, those are two things I think will really help our students and our staff all right and just some other quick school investments um, we're going to have a preschool registrar uh, some technology equipment and services uh, tuition for the students that attend Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology covering that tuition Okay, and we're going to talk a little bit about reductions. Um, we have a salary lapse of 400000 and that's when people leave their uh, positions, and they're uh, higher, they're more experienced, and so when we hire uh, younger and newer teachers who have less experience, we are able to pay them less, so we've had some salary savings there. Um, we have less people uh, uh, receiving the retirement, the transitional retirement program, so we save some money there, and so you'll see some other areas where we've saved some money. One-time funding and year-end balance. This is really interesting. One of the things that was um, that I think is still in the budget was the construction. Do we know? <laughs> I'm looking at fingers crossed. There's um, there there is something in the budget that is going to include one-time funding for school construction grants, and this is important to us because Oak Street Elementary, if um, is the only school that has does not have ADA entrance to it. It's just stairs. And um, the other piece, it's also the only school that doesn't have a secure vestibule, vestibule outside of the school system. So every, I mean, outside of the school building. So every other school you walk into, when you check in your, with your driver's license and they run a background check, if you don't pass that, you're, you're not inside the building. So you're on your way. The problem with Oak Street is the, the security vestibule is inside the school. So once you're in, you're already inside the school if you don't pass that background check through the, through the system there. So that is something that is concerning to us. And so we're hoping that, that we'll get that $1.2 million for that, both the ADA-compliant um, entrance and that security vestibule. So fingers crossed that that comes through. Um, and then looking at year-end balance, $600,000 going towards the HVAC replacement, Maryland Hunt. Mary Ellen Henderson. And then also we are uh, exploring collective bargaining with our teachers. Um, I'm sure you all are aware that, um, be, uh, that the uh, previous General Assembly cleared the way for collective bargaining. And we are speaking with our teachers about that and exploring that. And we anticipate as we move through that process, we'll need um, legal help with that. So we've put some money aside for that. And then this is the chart that you've all seen, which basically summarizes what, what we've talked about this evening. Uh, and again, 86% uh, of our budget is going towards salaries and benefits. And so our advertised budget is a 6.8% increase. Um, and again, that's 6.3% coming from localities and then 0.5% coming from state aid for a total of a 6.8% increase. And just thanking you all again uh, for your support of the high school project. Uh, we are returning $100,000 to the general government. And uh, we understand that the lower bond financing costs, um, lower than projected, was a direct savings to our taxpayers. So in closing, I'd just like to say that, you know, by Virginia Code, Dr. Noonan develops a need-based budget. This is what he came. He, um, just to give you a quick summary of how that works, he talks to the teachers and the principals and they, from each school what their needs are per school and they try to whittle it down and then he will bring it to the school board and all of, when there are requests made, they have to e 
either be IB for all, um, caring culture, or um, equity. So those are our three main pillars, and so all budget requests need to fall in line with those three main pillars. And uh, we feel confident that these are really um, the needs that we have right now to both recover from COVID, um, make sure that our employees are, are compensated, and support our staff. So thank you very much, and we're open for questions. All right. Well, thank you very much. Why don't we go on to the city budget, and then we'll ask questions as, as they may arise. Thank you. Mr. Shields? 